My name is Lauren Eliz Love, and welcome to this podcast. I'm so excited that you're here, and I can guarantee that you're craving success, abundance, prosperity, and all of the beautiful things that come with a thriving business. Here on the show, you are going to find all of the things that you really need to create that beautiful financial freedom that you crave. Inner work, personal transformation, and radical self-love are the tools that will excel you and propel you into that life that you desire. Here on the show, I will share stories and lessons from my life, along with interviews from great experts who've been able to do that work themselves. You'll hear lessons, breakthroughs, and tips to expand, to change, and to grow. Because growing a business is really about growing yourself. For more, you can visit laurenoflove.com. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Have you ever had those little uh, high vibe moments with your partner, your significant other, where you're like snuggling together on the couch, reminiscing about those remember when stories, right? Where like you had these, this thing happen or this thing happen and like how romantic life was. Yeah, so... Matt and I have done that this past holiday weekend, and we've reminisced about the time when we were broke. (laughs) Totally not romantic, but really powerful and eye-opening. And hey, guess what, guys? I am sharing it with you today. (laughs) How could we not talk about this? I'm so ready to teach you all of the things. This is gonna be ridiculous. Did you ever just wonder like what would happen if you went after what you wanted? This is life. Get over it. Can't be myself. I'm not doing it. You're the only person who can create the reality that you want. Not your mom, not your dog, not your friends. You. Welcome to the Badass Business Podcast. Welcome back, guys. If you're listening to this audio recording, um, Happy holidays. We just had an awesome Christmas. I don't know about you guys, but like, whew, it was abundant as fuck, man. And it wasn't even like this opening presents and uh, getting everything I want sort of abundant. It was like just so beautiful. Um, I had family over. We hosted for the first time. It was just this gorgeous experience for me and Matt. And, uh, You know, being able to purchase a beautiful dinner for my family and have nine people over my house and host in our home for the first time since we bought it a year ago. Oh my gosh, like it was just incredible. And, you know, it really got us thinking because a year ago we were not in the space of being able to afford a gorgeous fancy dinner for us and our loved ones. And... (laughs) You know, it's funny, my dad came over and we made the mistake of going food shopping for Christmas Eve dinner while he was there because he has um, a, a a mind bigger than his stomach, I guess you could say. So he's throwing everything in the cart, the lobster tails, fancy cheeses, calamar. It was like, it was ridiculous. Everything was going in the cart. And I had this moment in the grocery store where I was like, oh shit, that's a lot of money. This is going to, and wait a minute. That's okay. That's okay. That's a lot of money. I have this money. And there were moments like that throughout the holiday where I was just so checked into our abundance that it really was a beautiful experience. And 
Matt and I had a moment in in bed last night, a um, <laughs> little pillow talk, where we were talking about the journey of, of how we got here, being able to have him quit his job and us making multiple six figures in the badass business and <laughs> the badass business called badass business. And Badass Business Babes has grown exponentially this past year and it's been a beautiful experience for me. And I really was so touched when Matt and I started talking about this last night that I felt like it had to be a conversation that I needed to share. The reality around how we really got here and the hardships that we had to experience as we grew and skilled our life and as I grew my business and got it off the ground. And, you know, I think there's a real common misconception out there where people float around on social media posting pretty pictures of them in their lavish vacations and their fancy handbags and um, their gorgeous life. And they give you this impression that it all kind of happened. <laughs> it happened because I wanted it so badly and I just decided I was going to create success. And, and yes, these are things that I say a lot. Um, and they have some merit. But the truth is, it was really fucking hard. It was a lot of hard work. And I want to share that story with you guys today because looking back on it, I can understand what I did differently. And this is, I think, what makes me um, such a good coach is that I can actually go back and create some conscious awareness around how I created that success because there are so many successful people out there who really don't understand what they did to create success. And then they go to teach it and they it's all fluff. It's all BS. I don't do that. And I've promised myself from the get-go I was never going to be that person who just floated and gloated, <laughs> floated and gloated around how much money she made and didn't actually study it. I want to study it and I have. And, and so now I'm here to talk about it. So let me take you back to the journey of how I created this business, take some notes, guys. And this is all for the purpose of knowing that success leaves clues. So throughout this little story I'm going to share for you guys, pay attention, pick up some clues, take some notes. There might be something in this story that will drastically shape your life, even if it's just a sentence. And if you do feel really inspired by any of my sentences throughout this podcast, take a screenshot, share it on Insta story, tag me, badass business babe, so I can share your story with my followers and repost. I think it's really beautiful that as we expand, Badass Business Babes has, is a beautiful community of women who are all trying to succeed and grow their own businesses. And I love being able to connect with you guys individually. So yes, if you feel inspired enough, take a screenshot, share it, post and tag Badass Business Babe on Insta. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, let's like dive into this. I'm going to tell you real deal reality of my story, how I went from broke to six figures growing my business and the hard things that we had to do that not a lot of people talk about. So in the beginning of my journey, I, I'm mean, going to, well, you know, I'll take you back to college. I had a really fucked up life. I, I had a lot of really bad things happen, a lot of really terrible experiences and it all kind of hit a hard, a really hard point and like two pivotal moments for me. And I'll share them with you because I think this is really important. Um, I, my freshman year of college, I was raped. And after that, I tried to take my life. And I woke up in a hospital after overdosing and had this really big wake up call. But 
it was a big traumatic wake-up call that something was wrong with me. Like that's what I learned in those moments. I am distorted. I am different. I can never find the love that I want. Life is so terrible. Everything hurts. Like that was the big turning point for me where I really hit this pain in my life. And so I um, lived my life in fear. Now we all have these experiences, right? Like you might have had something happen to you growing up where you created this conditioning to believe that the world is painful. Everybody hurts you. You can't get what you want. Life's a struggle. Whatever that sentence is, like you created this conditioning. And so I had a lot of those beliefs from the trauma that I experienced growing up. And my freshman year of college was really this turning point where I just wanted to bury myself in a hole and hide. And in order to do that, I decided I would create so much success in my life that I never would need a man to hurt me. I would never need a man to come into my life. So so in order to avoid getting hurt, I'm going to just bury myself in my college schoolwork and become the most successful version of myself possible. And that's what I did. And I found an older man and I married him and I grew my um, knowledge around what I was majoring in. I was a journalism major at the time. And I poured myself into my schoolwork. I, I never partied after that. You know, freshman year was a... It was a trauma and then sophomore and junior and senior year I wanted nothing but to create success and I didn't know it at the time but I was striving towards significance. I believed that if I could create and generate enough freedom for myself in a successful business then I would never again have to run the risk of getting hurt. And what I realized in this was that in or- when I was going after things for the wrong reasons, to feel significant, to have safety and certainty, I was actually creating more damage, causing more problems because I was operating out of fear. I was operating out of avoidance of the pain, right? I was so scared of getting hurt. And I never once questioned, well, do I like doing journalism? Does this actually make me happy? And it, it was all about being safe. My father was in journalism. My father's an on-camera weatherman. And so I had been surrounded by news all my life. So I picked something to pursue based on how I connected with my father and based on what got me love growing up. We used to spend, you know, afternoons in his newsroom and I would listen to him record his radio station episodes. And, you know, it was this way for us to connect. And then I picked what was safe because I wanted my dad's approval and his his love and so that was kind of like the route I went and I it, when you go after what you want with um or what you think you want right like when you go after it with this longing to feel important or validated it's actually like <laughs> stuffing a beach ball down underwater it's gonna come up and slap you in the face and it did um not only did I find out that journalism wasn't the right path for me, but the man I had chosen to marry was also not the right man for me. So flash forward, went through college, got a job. I was a television news producer at CBS. I literally got married, graduated college, and got my first job at CBS News all in a span of like three weeks. It was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And I was just in this go-getter mindset, right? But then I got there And I was miserable. And yeah, I was maybe in the beginning, okay, like because it was new and exciting, but I hit this wall of like, oh my God, 
I'm going to work, working 10, 12-hour days. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm, I'm not making friends. I'm, I'm not feeling connected to my sense of self. It was like I had this identity that I needed to wear when I was at work. This girl who wore Lily Pulitzer and was really professional and never cursed. Like, that's not me. Like, it just didn't, it didn't make any sense. And I was in a man's world too, which I think I, I would love to talk about this on an episode later on in the Badass Business Podcast because that masculine energy that was in television, it was so harsh and so difficult to be around. Um, I felt even more as like the years went by and I was becoming more important in the network at CBS News, I was also becoming more and more distant from myself. And I had gotten divorced. I found out my husband was a drug addict. So I, I went through this whole traumatic bless and release experience, which is, again, later podcast episode. But I had to do all of this like shedding, right? Like, so here's what you need to pay attention to. In your life, as you grow and shift and evolve and expand, you reach a point where things start to turn, where like you you start to shed all of this shit that doesn't serve you. And that's what I was doing. I got rid of friends that weren't really healthy relationships. I got rid of my husband who was just so abusive and really not the man that I thought he was. And I got to a point where I was removing all of this stuff that I actually was making space for beautiful things to come through my life. So many of us, when we're unhappy, we obsess over what we have that we don't want, when in reality, we need to bless and release that stuff so we can actually receive what we want and make space. And part of that is learning how to give up control. So this message of learning how to give up control kept coming up, and it was scary. And so I fell in love. I I, First, I healed my relationship life because I didn't date for like a year and I spent a lot of time just working on myself and doing the personal development thing and studying Tony Robbins and reading a lot of personal development books and just really awakening myself to this reality that like well maybe I need to change like I've hit nothing but trauma in my life over and over and over again maybe I need to fucking do something and so I started to study and Um, pretty soon I had made enough space in my life where I attracted Matt and uh, we met on Match.com. That was really exciting. (laughs) I remember um, this wasn't part of our reminiscing at all last night, but I remember our first date. I actually convinced him to come to my job because my job was cool and I could show him around and like bring him to all the news studios and introduce him to people who were famous and like that, that was... Uh, my sly, slick attempt at bringing him somewhere where there were security cameras and they had to scan his driver's license to get into the building. So if this man was bad, because I met him on the internet, I was still going to be okay. (laughs) The cops could find me. Mom and dad would know where to find me. So (laughs) yeah, that was uh, a lot of fear there again. But it turned out to be amazing and we had we built this beautiful relationship and we went on this gorgeous trip vacation to Sedona and had this gorgeous moment together where we just started to fall in love right and uh we're going back to Sedona this year to get married which is really exciting but in that experience I started to really question my corporate life because things were actually starting to feel good now right like I had an amazing man in my life I had 
um, a gorgeous new apartment in the city that I loved. I had um, all of these great things. I got this new gorgeous computer because I was going to start blogging. And I just reached this point where I was like, well, my job is like the last thing that doesn't feel good. And Matt was really a gift in my life because it was the first time that I actually sat down and was like, wait, I'm okay as I am. I don't need to fix myself. I'm not broken. I'm enough. And having that reality made me that that having that realization about my reality made me realize that like, well, wait, there are so many pieces of my life puzzle all of this trauma, all of this pain, all this suffering, why did this happen? And I didn't, I didn't ask that question from a space of like, you know, jealousy of other people or frustration that I didn't get what I wanted. I actually was asking that because I was like, wait, how can I use this? Like, why did God give me these experiences that were difficult? Was it just so I could sit here and be like, okay, great, good job, you overcame that one, A+. plus." <laughs> Good job on the obstacle course of life. Like, that's not, I'm sorry, but like, that's not why trials and tribulations happen to us. I I don't believe that. I don't think we just get shitty ends of the stick to just kind of overcome it and go, okay, great, what's next? I firmly believed that I had been given these life experiences so that I could help other people. And that was a message that kept coming back over and over again to me in weird ways where I just was listening to the whispers for the first time and knowing that that's what I wanted to help other people with my stories and my life experiences while also knowing that I couldn't share anything like that in my corporate space. In corporate America, there, you know, being an individual was not something that was um, looked at as good. You know, it was kind of like you got to fit in. You have to be like everybody else. You can't bring your personal stuff to the table. You can't talk about your personal life at work. It's unprofessional. And so I really like had this moment where, okay, I'm recognizing this doesn't fit in my puzzle of life, but this is really scary. And so newsflash, let me bring this to you um, straightforward. (laughs) Sometimes you have to make changes to get the momentum of the big changes to come. So like in the beginning for me, it was little things like getting rid of my friends that didn't serve me. Um, moving out of Long Island and into Manhattan because, you know, my old way of life in Long Island didn't serve me. Um, Getting rid of shitty habits, like quitting smoking. Like these were all things that I started to do, right? And what it was really, what the universe was really doing was it was preparing me for the big change, which was little did I know I was going to quit my job. So here's the part, (laughs) 20 minutes into this podcast, this is the part that you guys need to know, the part that where shit gets hard, but it doesn't get hard because of trauma or difficulty that you you don't expect. It gets hard because you have to start making choices that you don't know what's on the other side of them. And it's really scary and very overwhelming and yeah, it, it's there's no way to describe it. I knew in my heart that if I was really going to live an authentic life and, and create this freedom that I wanted for myself where I could actually help people with the experiences I had rather than ignoring who I was, in order to do that, I needed to do a really scary thing. I needed to walk away from my job. And I knew that, but I ignored it for like two years And I went about my routine and pretended like it wasn't there. And I tried to start some blogs on the side. And, you know, it didn't really get the traction that I wanted because deep down I was so fearful. Like, 
if I shared my life experiences and someone from work found my blog, what would they say? Would I get in trouble? You know, we had a whole legal team where you had to be careful about like what you put out and what you shared on the internet because you represented the company. And so I had this fear. So because I was operating out of fear again, guys, I couldn't create authentic content that would change the world. Instead, I was creating fluffy content that helped nobody. And so I didn't get the success I wanted. I ignored the whispers because they were scary and quitting my job felt scary. And in the meantime, I stalked bloggers that I really admired and loved, like Elsie Larson from A Beautiful Mess and um, The Skinny Confidential by Lauren Everts, right? Like I loved watching people who really created financial freedom from themselves, being creative and sharing their life. Like that was really the message that I loved. I loved people, watching people be creative, share their life and make money doing it. Like that was so cool to me. But hell no, I'm not quitting my job. Like this is... This is scary. So what ended up happening was I knew what I wanted. The universe knew what I was supposed to do. I didn't listen. So guess what? Shit started to fall apart. (laughs) Lesson number 15 of this podcast. Shit starts to fall apart when you don't listen to the whispers. So suddenly I got a promotion, which I thought was great. And then my boss changed. And I got this really terrible boss. And I was being bullied in the workspace every fucking day. And Matt and I suffered a difficulty in our relationship. And suddenly I was getting so stressed out and so disconnected from my man. And I was bringing work home. He was bringing work home. Our home environment started to take a turn. We were living together in this gorgeous apartment that cost over $2,000 a month. And suddenly... I was so miserable at my job that I felt trapped and I knew that I had to leave but I also knew I had all these financial responsibilities and all this pressure, right? Like what am I going to do? And lesson, lesson again, when you don't listen to the whispers because you don't know what's on the other side and it's scary, um, emotional discourse starts to happen. Like I got so emotionally far from myself, it was insane. I was coming home every night, well, morning because I worked overnights. I would grab a bottle of wine from the liquor store, not the regular bottle, like a big bottle. And I would drink the whole thing because I was so lost. I thought I was doing everything right and now I had this miserable life at my job. I, what am I going to do? Walk away? Adults don't do that. Responsible people don't do that. I have a 401k. I have health insurance. I have four weeks vacation for Christ's sake. Like what people would kill for this life. Why am I not grateful? Just because I have a bad boss, just because it's hard, just because I work overnights. But that wasn't it. I was losing sight of myself. And as a result, I couldn't cope with the disconnect. So I was using alcohol to numb how I was feeling. And my fiance would come home and find me passed out on the bathroom floor. It was Oh my God, it was horrendous. It was a terrible experience. And what was really happening was my body was fighting because my soul was not being fulfilled. My soul was not being listened to and she was getting angry. My higher self was getting pissed off. Like fucking wake up, do the thing. Who cares if it's scary? So I decided to do the thing. 
I made the decision, right? But I didn't actually make the decision. I like sat with it forever. I thought about it forever. I dreamt about it. I aligned with it. Like I had all of the conversations with everybody. I'm sure many of you guys have done this where you're like, so dad, I just, you know, I'm not happy in my job. I think I'm going to start a blog. And like just not getting any of the feedback (laughs) that you really want. You know, it's almost like we're self-sabotaging, right? Because we're so scared of taking the big leap that we want to take. But hey, I did it. I did it. I had a phone conversation with this woman who I swear to God she changed my life. She was someone my dad knew. And this was the moment that he actually came around. He called me and he said, Lauren, you need to talk to this girl. I used to work with her Channel 11. And now she writes Christmas music and she's won Grammys. She's so good. She followed her passion. She left her job. You need to talk to her. And so I was like, wait, oh my God, thank you, universe. Like, my dad's believing in me? Like, what? So I picked up the phone. I called this stranger, and she said to me, we're so taught to believe in the safety net and how important the safety net is. But when that safety net, like the health insurance and the 401k and the nest egg, when that safety net is literally strangling you and keeping you from doing what you truly love, that's the moment you need to let go. And I was like, holy shit, where did this girl come from? Why is she bringing me this message? This is exactly what I need right now. So I decided to go. And I put in my notice. And I remember this like weight lifting off my shoulders when I thought I was going to be so scared and so full of pressure and stress. I thought the world was going to end when I made this choice. I felt on top of the world. And here's what I realized for every one person who actually walks away from their job, there's like 50 other people or 5 million other people who want to do it and they don't do it. So the minute I did it, I got all these questions, right? Like, oh, what network are you going to? Oh, what new job do you have? And my answer was like, I don't know what I'm doing after this. I have no idea, but I know it's not this. And people looked at me like they were so confused and so inspired at the same time. And I got so many messages from people I worked with who said, you're so brave. I wish I could do what you did. And little did they know and little did you guys know if you haven't done this, this is just the start of the really scary choices. Quitting your job you think is the hardest thing, but in reality, it's like, holy shit, there is so much more to it. So I quit my job. I pulled my 401k, which everyone tells you not to do. I already had a ton of credit card debt at the time and I had a student loan and I had the mortgage for, well, it wasn't the mortgage, the rent that was like coming up, right? So Matt and I sat and had a conversation. We go, okay, if we're really going to do this, what makes sense? And guys, what makes sense sometimes is really fucking hard. So I knew I was making a hard decision of quitting my job. I had already done it. I put in my resignation notice. And we knew that if we did that, we would have to leave our apartment and move in with his parents. Yes, I did this. Yes, I did this. It was the scariest thing in the whole world because I didn't have a car. I had no financial security. We weren't engaged at the time. We were just dating. And I was about to take this huge risk of becoming unemployed and relying on a man when I promised myself my whole entire life I was never going to do that. So this went against all of my inner like conditioning and all of my inner beliefs and it was a big challenge for me because I had to realize like those past beliefs didn't get me anywhere. 
when I operated out of fear and I operated around keeping myself safe in my life and in my business, all I got was pain. All I got was like more mess. But here I was taking a leap that felt scary, like the fear was still there, but it was a different kind of fear. It was a fear of the unknown. It wasn't a fear of getting hurt. You guys understand the difference? It's like you, I didn't know what was on the other side of those choices and I had never made a decision like this before. And yeah, I got a lot of backlash from people. I got a lot of, you know, shame from my family who thought I was doing something absolutely nuts. And I'm a girl, keep in mind, who I've, at this point in my life, I had had a job since I was 14. I got a job at McDonald's when I was 14 and they hired back then at 14. You can go check. I'm not making this up. And I got a job because I wanted a cell phone. And my dad wouldn't buy me one. So I was like, well, fuck you. I'm going to go do the thing. But you know, this has to be a lesson to you guys that like you have to go into uncomfortable territory and anybody who tells you like you can create a business without ever having to struggle is like really crazy because, you know, maybe there's something I don't know. But for me, I had to struggle. I had no car, no health insurance, pulled all of my 401k and my theory was that would run me safe until I got my success. It didn't. My 401k lasted me about a year. And I had, at that point, now even more debt. I got up to $65,000. For those of you who don't understand how this happens, I will tell you how it happens. You have one credit card, then you open a second credit card, then you have a third credit card, and you juggle all of those credit cards, and you have student loan debt, and all of that just kind of sits together. My student loan debt, just to give you guys some numbers, my student loan debt at the time was only about $10,000, ten to $15,000. The rest of it was all consumer debt. So I didn't have anything, and I didn't have a car. So it was just a bunch of shit that I bought that I couldn't remember what I bought. <laughs> it was bad. So I, with pulling my 401k, I had two rounds of $15,000 that came to me. So I lived on $30,000 for a year. And... Um, that was before taxes, so I got even less money when you took it out. And I crossed my fingers and said a prayer, and I hoped that I could generate the success that I wanted to. This is what Matt and I were reminiscing about last night, the sacrifices that we made to get us where we are now. He took on the responsibility of being the breadwinner, having a tough conversation with his parents, asking us to move in. Oh, and keep in mind, this is the other part. He lived in a totally different state he was from Connecticut. So I had to not only trust him and move in with his fa his family, but I had to do that in a space where I didn't know anybody. I literally knew no one and um, didn't have a car to get anywhere. So for the first couple of months, I got comfortable in my business. I built a website called whatisperfection.com. And I started sharing my life experiences. I got really comfortable being vulnerable. And I decided to go all in because I had already gone in in my physical world. I had to go all in emotionally. So I shared every single thing I possibly could about my life. And I worked really hard, really hard. I would wake up every morning and sit right in front of the computer, pour a cup of coffee, and keep going all through the evening when Matt got home from work, sometimes even after he got home from work. And I put my blinders on and I worked so fucking hard because this was a new thing for me. 
it was a totally new thing for me and I knew if I was going to do something new, I had to get good at it really, really fast because I was on a time crunch, right? So I showed up every single day, five, six times a day, going crazy, creating content, putting information out there, building more for my website, creating more programs. And the reason I did this, all it all had to do with conditioning. Because up until that point, I had been conditioned to play small, never share what I talk about, you know, my life experiences, never share any of that, never be vulnerable, never take risks. So I had to create new conditioning in my brain. And that meant I had to do all of the scary things 20 times a day. Like I had to be as vulnerable and as open as possible and really push myself to create what I wanted in my life by repetition repeating the pattern you know Tony Robbins talks about this on his journey of becoming a public speaker he became so successful so fast because while all of his friends who were in public speaking were doing one or two events a month he was doing like five a week and he created this conditioning that that was his new identity he designed Tony Robbins and I knew that So I showed up and I designed Lauren Liz. I made me the biggest fucking powerhouse in the online market that I possibly could by taking as much massive action as possible. That's the secret, guys. As much massive action as possible. So getting out of your fear and getting momentum is the secret to actually creating a prosperous business. And it doesn't matter if that action is wrong or you're rusty or you're not really that good. You're still moving towards your, your goal. You're still generating a new habit for yourself. So that's what I did. And then there came a point where I started to get broke. <laughs> so many people think they'll just go out and take the massive action and like everything will be fine. Uh-uh-uh. Doesn't happen. I went out took the massive action over and over and over again and started to drain my money. And I reached this point where everything was gone. Um, Almost. I had like maybe $5,000 in the bank account left. And I was like, okay, well, (sighs) what do I do? Like, what are my options here? And many people would give up right? Like I could have given up and just gone a regular job. Um, Oh, and this is the other thing too, really important. In this timeline, right? Like I was getting messages and calls from CBS News saying like, hey, like we have this opening and I'd love for you to come back. And I had my LinkedIn messages blowing up. And I'm like, what the fuck universe? Like, why are you bringing me this? I told you I don't want this. Stop rubbing it in my face. But really that was testing me. It was having me make the decision to be an entrepreneur more and more and more and having to say no to these other opportunities that were not a good fit for me. And I got so good at recognizing my inner voice because those not me opportunities were coming up and I had to learn how to speak. And now, having been conditioned to understand that, I can show up and make a decision on an instant knowing what feels right for me and what doesn't feel right. And that's a muscle that you need to learn how to work. So the universe knows that and brings it your way, right? Like I had opportunities that weren't a good fit coming up. And so here I was now, I was in debt and I'm like, well, what are my options? I could give up and say that this is ultimate failure and just go back and get a regular job. Or I can get a part-time job and just generate a little bit of money to give me some cushions. So (laughs) I got a part-time job. 
this was about a year, a little bit less than a year into my business. Um, I would say it was, uh, it was in a summer and the year anniversary would have been in October. So I was like, you know, six months into my business and like just broke as a joke. And so (laughs) I didn't just get a part-time job. I got like the worst part-time job ever. I was a nanny in a daycare, in a gym where I'd have to listen and deal with little babies and 12-year-olds and like 20 or 30 of them at the time. It was nuts. It was the most unfulfilling, stressful, and overwhelming thing in my life. And and you know this if you don't have children that like other people's kids that you don't know that are total strangers, you know, it's okay to say this. Like sometimes they annoy you. Put 30 of them in one room and be responsible for them. Oh my God, it's insane. So, and some of the kids I liked too. Yeah, like some of them were cute. But many of them were like just crazy. So I reached this threshold by doing this. And if you guys are still in jobs, you'll know this. I reached this like upper limit problem where I was like, fuck this. I have to create success because this is miserable. Like I literally put myself in that environment where I was conditioning my brain to just get such leverage about what I wanted that I would take massive action. And I was like, this is insane. This is absolutely crazy. Like I have to get out of this job. It sucks. And so now Matt is holding our financial freedom and you know, he's doing what he can to create enough revenue in his regular job in corporate America on a salary of like not that much money. And I'm here working at this miserable daycare, trying to run my business in between, bringing home like 200 bucks a month. And uh, I had so much shame around that and so much frustration. Like, you know, I didn't go about this thinking it was just like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. My husband's going to support me. Like, I, I really had a hard time with it. I felt guilt. I felt embarrassment. I felt frustration and doubt and overwhelm. And I remember I wouldn't even let him buy tampons for me at Target. And I would pull out my credit card because I was so ashamed about him having to support me. And I did it anyway. And I just trusted that I was in that moment, in that experience for a reason and that it would be okay. And I started to surrender And as I surrendered, my man started showing up differently. He supported me when I allowed him to. 90% of my fear around being supported was my own bullshit. It had nothing to do with him. Nothing to do with him not wanting to support me. Men love to support their women. But I developed this real fear around it. And so, um, yeah, I felt all the shame. Wouldn't let him buy me tampons. It was pretty bad. And then one day I had this idea at a friend, Gabby. What you'll find is that if you really immerse yourself in the online space, you'll connect with like-minded people who are influencers who really do want to make a difference and want to grow. And so I connected with women like Gabby who um, had a really strong following in the health and fitness industry. And I designed a program with her to help women overcome body image. And at the time we charged like a hundred bucks, made a couple of thousand, and that held me over a little bit, right? And then um, I met Jen Casey and we strategized and mastermind together and we built this gorgeous following she has a beautiful podcast I'll put the link in the show notes you can go check it out Um, but we became like business besties and I started to surround myself with new people because I was making space right for what I wanted and suddenly like mastermind ideas breakthroughs new programs it just started flooding and I ran with it 
And then at one point, this is the other thing that happens. When you are trying to reach a goal and you surround yourself with people who are also trying to reach goals similar to yours, that person will reach that goal and then you'll see it's possible and you'll go and jump into it and actually achieve it at a faster rate. This is um, the anomaly of the four-minute marathon. For years, a four-minute mile, oh my God, could you imagine the four-minute marathon? (laughs) But the four-minute mile was something that had never been accomplished before for years and years and years. And then one guy did it. And everyone else was like, oh, shit, we could do it. And in that year, like, a bunch of people achieved this four-minute mile run because they saw what's possible. So proximity is power. When you surround yourself with those people, they lift you up. They also have the same types of goals. And you push each other. And so Jen blew up and started making all this money. And I was like, well, shit, I want to do that too. I'm going to do that. And from there, that was the moment. I think the moment I was the most broke, the most frustrated, the most at rock bottom, I had an opportunity and I decided that if I was going to be actually become a coach, because people started asking me for advice and help, and I designed these programs listening to the whispers of what people around me needed, I knew that if I was going to do this, I couldn't fake it. I needed to hire a coach to become a coach. Because authenticity is power, especially when vulnerability is leading your business. So how could I possibly be 100% vulnerable and also be authentic if I wasn't working with the coach myself and I was trying to convince people to work with me. So most broke I ever was, most miserable part-time job ever, most frustrated, getting nowhere. That was not the moment to give up. That was the moment to do something else that was really scary. So I asked the universe to send me a coach and I started paying attention to the coaches out there and seeing who did I connect with, who inspired me, who was really going to help me. And I couldn't find anybody. And then one day I listened to a podcast. Boom, I found him. He was fucking awesome. Changed my life. Ryan Yacome, thank you so much for everything you did for me in the first year we worked together. And I, oh my gosh. So I knew this guy was it. I didn't have to question it. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't even know what it cost. And being broke and like worrying about the cost of tampons, but not giving a shit how much a a professional business coach was going to be. Oh my God. Like I just knew that this was what I needed. And I decided that this was going to be my golden ticket to change everything. And so I got on this discovery calendar with him. I waited like two fucking weeks to have my call. I had my call. Very last topic of the conversation was money. And I was like, okay, let's do this. I'm in, send me the contract. I'm going to sign it and I'm going to figure it out. And I signed it. (laughs) I, I freaked out a little bit. I was like really scared. Matt had saved up enough money for us to buy a home without me even working because we were living with his parents, right? So he saved up enough. So we were moving into this house where we were going to spend a bunch of money to put a deposit down payment, you know, all the things. And here I was, secretly hiring a business coach in my broke-as-fuck business, ready to charge $10,000 to a credit card that I didn't even have. So I applied for another credit card and put it out there, decided to attract and receive this experience, charged 10 k The minute the credit card came in the mail, boom, activated it, charged it, set it up. And in that moment, I felt even more freedom because I knew in my heart that this was going to be the decision that changed everything. 
And what you'll learn is that the minute that you invest in yourself because you believe in your business and you can do it without the fear of what if this doesn't work, that's the minute that everything changes in your life because you've actually 100% committed and decided that you're going to create success rather than putzing around, hoping, wishing, and crossing your fingers. So you have to decide with 150% certainty regardless of your current state. Like if I lived in my current reality, I would have never done any of those scary things because I wasn't prepared. I didn't have enough money saved away to take the leap of quitting my job. We didn't have enough money stashed away to have the dream of buying a house. We needed to stretch ourselves and push ourselves into this new space where what we wanted would be possible because we believed it. And that's the mindset that all of you guys need to create the freedom. It's not about the secret strategies. It's not about the tripwires or the fancy email subscription activation stuff that you need to set up for your business. It's all about your mind. Your mind is the, uh, is the powerhouse of what you create. And if you can shift into this space of saying, well, I'm going to make this this possible in my mind because I'm going to believe it and I'm going to condition myself to be that version of me who is successful, who is accomplished, who knows she can get anything that she wants. I'm going to focus on the mind work rather than the reality of like my present space and everything will change. And so I had to do so much work around this, you guys, and it was hard with every single stretch and every single push. I had fear. We both did. We had these scary moments. We had this real tight pressure. I mean, for God's sakes, I had met Matt's parents a handful of times and here I was moving in with them. That was scary. But I knew in my heart that what I wanted could really happen. And over the time of getting the business off the ground, launching and creating the six-figure business, I had to shed more and more of my old identity, the old identity that was saying, you can't do this, money is scarce, this is hard, you can't make money in the online market because everyone's trying to do it. I had to shed this bullshit and remember that on the other side of my fear was an incredible fucking life. And I had to be able to shelf my fear and go after what I wanted relentlessly with 100% certainty to create the life that I really desired. So. Guys, take from this as much as you can because success leaves clues. And study your own life. Become self-aware of the decisions that you're making, the fear, and how often you let it run your current reality. Because the more you let fear run your reality, the less likely you are to create the future that you truly deserve, to create that a life and the abundance and the happiness and the achievement, whatever it is that you're going after. You gotta shelf the shit. That fear, that little ego in your voice that's telling you you can't do it, that's gonna be the only thing that stands in your way. Stop living in the now and start living in the future. Okay guys, I hope this helped. I love you. This was a long fucking episode, but I think it was really powerful. Anybody who tells you that it's just easy peasy is a fucking liar. It's a lot of hard work, but you can do it. When you have that motivation and you have that reason why and you're going after what you want relentlessly, man, nothing can stop you. For more information on me, Lauren Eliz, and the Badass Business Babe tribe, check out badassbusinessbabe.com.